0: Hello beautiful people I am so excited that you are here today for another episode of the candidly speaking podcast I'm excited to bring you an interview today we've been doing a couple weeks of candid curt events with me and Brianna which I love doing and I get good feedback on those we're still gonna keep doing some of that but I love the interview aspect of this podcast you guys know I'm a journalist at heart and anytime I can sit down and interview someone and tell their story and let them just give them the space to tell their story that's always gonna be something I'm drawn to so that is exactly what we are doing today I'm so excited for for today's guest, and we're going to get to that in just a second. First, I have to go through some housekeeping things. As always, I just want to thank you all for listening, and I want to encourage you to rate and subscribe, write a review even if this if you're a regular here and you're really liking the show and the information and the just the quality of things that, that I'm bringing to you. It would mean the world to me if you could write a review in Apple Podcasts. That stuff really helps the podcast be found by more and more people, which is great. It's just important. you know, We want the message to get out there, and we want to connect and empower as many people as we can so by leaving a review you are directly having an impact on that and getting the word out more and more each day so thank you so much for doing that if you choose to. I also just want to give you a quick reminder that the Candidly Speaking podcast is now on Instagram I made an, uh, a separate Instagram account for the podcast and I'm excited to have it there and to start cultivating some community there as well so go ahead and give it a follow I'm going to leave a link to it in the show notes um, so you can just find it easily there. Another quick thing speaking of show notes anything we mention or talk about in this episode all of the links to that can be found at the show notes for this episode that's at www.keriegillespie.com and then you just go to the podcast tab and you find all the info there so it's all there all put together in a bow just for you so you can find it and do whatever you wish with it. Now, let's get to today's guest because I am so excited to have her. We've never actually met in person. We've just met, quote unquote, virtually through friends of friends of friends. And we just clicked from the get go. And I knew she was someone that I needed to get on the podcast because I knew she had a lot of love and a lot of light to share. And that is exactly what she does in this episode. She pours out so much love and light and drops so many truth bombs. And there were so many times, you guys, in this episode where I just had goosebumps over the things she was saying and what she's trying to cultivate. And it is just incredible. So let me tell you about her. Her name is Taylor and she is the founder of a company called The Healing Q that is just a spiritually intuitive soul-based company that just helps you get in touch with your soul purpose and listen to what your body is telling your your mind and your soul and get those all to communicate together in harmony. There are so many times when we have to fight one against the other and we're not sure should I follow my head should I follow my heart what is my head saying what's my heart saying what's my soul asking for it's just all a big runaround kind of but Taylor really specializes in helping you nail down that really cohesive feel of what's going on inside of you. And I'm just so excited about what she is doing. She is such just a spiritual and intuitive badass. And like I said, you guys are going to love this episode. So how about I shut up and I just let you listen to it? Oh my gosh. Okay, let's do it. Without further ado, please welcome Taylor of The Healing Q. All right, Taylor, thank you so much for being here. I am so glad that you're going to be part of the show. How are you doing?
1: I am doing great. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. It's like very fun to be on a call, but also like this crazy, like, okay, here we are. We're, we're talking about business. Things
0: are getting real. <laughs> yes. You have a lot of exciting things going on and we're going to talk about them and get into all that stuff. But first of all, I want to set the stage for everyone. We met through, we met virtually. I didn't, I'm doing air quotes for anyone who doesn't know. Oh. We met virtually through a good mutual friend of ours, Gabby, who's been on this show. I've had her on. She is one of my best friends from Charlotte and she is such a a light and such like a connector. She's one of, like Gabby's one of these people where like you meet her and she's like, oh my God, you would totally love this person. And then she like gives me that person's number and connects me with that. Like she's done that so many times for me. Totally. (laughs) It's it's fun to have a mutual friend like that. Yes, I didn't know she was on the podcast. I have to go back and listen to that
1: episode. That is amazing.
0: Yeah, she was one of my first like guests that I had on when I started like taking guests. So yeah, but she's just great. She's one of those people who just naturally wants to connect people. And she just put us together. She was like, you would love her. And y'all need to meet and she put us together in like a group chat on um, Instagram. And we just kind of took off from there. Yes, I love it. I Gabby has already that's she's honestly done that immediately when I
1: launched my business. She was like, okay, great. So here's five people that you need to talk to and yeah. talk about this. And it's just been like, it's honestly, I think one of the craziest things like going off on your own and starting like, there's so many people that will reach out and be like, good for you, like way to go. And the whole time, it's amazing to get that acknowledgement, but you're kind of sitting there like, does anyone else know what's going on? Like what I'm Mm -hmm. doing here? And she was one of those people that I could immediately reach to. And I was like, okay, I've been watching you do these things on your own. Tell me everything, what works, what doesn't work, like just kind of finding those connections and realizing that you already have people in your life likely that are on a very similar path and gabby and i were really close in high school and to be able to like have somebody that's an anchor like that back into and knowing from an old time and just being able to be like okay great like you can help be a support in the system like as you take these big leaps people will show up that are meant to help guide you and be part of it and she is absolutely one of those people for me
0: Yes, she totally is. And I, I love what you said about kind of you guys do different things, but Gabby has her own business of sorts with Arbonne and then you have your own business here, but it's like, you don't have to have the same service or product in in order to learn from each other. Totally. Yeah. Like again, another person that reached out to me is one of my friends
1: from college who she does something like totally different works with organizing and helping people to like clutter their space and like both emotionally and literally like physical things. But she had reached out really early on when I started and I didn't even know she had her own business. And it was like, we were doing totally separate things, but to be able to have someone who, I mean, I just talked to her yesterday, like to have someone who you can just talk to about like the hard things that you don't want to say on Instagram until you figured it out. Or like, how do you know what to share and what not to share? Or how are you handling your finances? Like, All the little details of being an entrepreneur, I feel like it's really like the biggest way that I've been able to navigate that is through friends that I have found over time that are doing like totally different businesses, but doing it on their own.
0: Yeah, totally. I love that. And we're going to talk more about being an entrepreneur and kind of how you've gone out on your own. But before we do that, I want to set the stage for everyone. And I want to just hear and have you talk about where you grew up and what your upbringing was like. Kind of tell us what you were like in high school and, and just how you grew up. Totally. Okay. So um, gosh, there's like so many layers
1: of <laughs> my upbringing that all like contribute to where I am today. So um, first things first, my parents were divorced when I was two and it was like, when i was younger and like in the thick of it i didn't really realize like how much it would impact me i didn't have a great relationship with my dad and when i was 8 that relationship just like completely went away and i like totally separated from him and my i had lived in new jersey at the time so that was happening and then around like a couple months maybe a year after I disconnected with my dad my mom got offered a job in New Orleans and so we moved to New Orleans to just like totally start over it was supposed to be temporary but we literally fell in love with it so just like couldn't settle back in New Jersey and just stayed in New Orleans forever um and I think so that time like when i think about myself right when i moved to new orleans i guess like the best way i could like the best word i would use is manipulative like i was so i like could very easily like i've always had this skill of being able to read people's emotions and like i could see where people were vulnerable where people like needed certain things so i would find like the place that i could fit in where i would be needed and then i would use that to my advantage um but it all came back to like Real, all I desperately wanted as a little kid was to feel loved and then like that all goes back to my relationship with my dad and like that divorce and just feeling like this energetic like experience that I could never get enough love like even if people were out there loving me even my friends like I always would kind of shift it into this perspective where there wasn't love wasn't really available or I didn't really feel like I actually had access to it. Um, so then as I grew up that, so that was really present for me. And then Hurricane Katrina changed everything. And that was, I mean, literally we lost our home. We had seven feet of water and we lived like really close to the canal that broke. So that's what was like a lot of the damage. And when, when I like actually physically lost everything that I had like told myself, like gave me value. And like in my mind, it was like, my mom was pretty well off. So I was like, okay, like we're, it's fine that I don't have like my dad figure, but I do have all of these things or whatever it was that I was like telling myself at a young age. And then all of a sudden that's all gone. So then I had to like really come to terms with the fact that I was not like happiness was just not in things. And you really needed to like create connections that were worth, Having So then I, f- I felt like this distance from my friends and it was so hard. I was in Dustin, Florida for the full year. And so that was like a really, really tumultuous time. But I like kind of that's when I w- would say I started to kind of wake up to myself and started to realize that there's so much more to life than things. And like you're you really need to realize like what types of relationships you have. So when we moved back to New Orleans, I went to McGee, which so this was then like a whole new life. We moved uptown. I went to this small private school, which is where I met Gabby. Um, And that I like to say that Katrina is like the best, worst thing that could have ever happened to me because it then set me into a whole new trajectory of like being able to I mean, my very, very best friends came from McGee, like who I am came from that school. Like I was able to really connect with myself there. And, but however, like during that whole time, the now going from like, I kind of started to let go of some of the manipulative tendencies. And now I was just like super emotional, like really dramatic. I would feel like I was always the friend that like had to have the conversation about things. Like if something was uncomfortable, I was the one that was going to like corner you at a party and talk to you about it. Like I just like would never let things just like go. I had to always talk about it. And at home, that would make it like I was very selfish or I was always the one throwing temper tantrums, like slamming my door closed. Like it was all now I can see it. It's just like this. It was like begging to just be seen and to have like Mm -hmm. people acknowledge my emotions for what they were. But I would feel emotions to like such a degree that. I would feel crazy. I'm like, why is no one matching me with this, where I'm at emotionally? Like, why, why am I alone on this like emotion Island? And I would feel like my mom was like neglecting me because she just like simply couldn't understand where my emotions were coming from. And so to her, it would just kind of be like, okay, well like go sort that out. And to me, I'm like, oh my God, but tell me it's okay that I feel this way. So, <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's like Between, like, those two periods, like, really, like, pre-Katrina and post-Katrina, it's, like, I was, there was a range of emotions in all of them, but before it was really, like, manipulative and unaware of, like, how desperately I just wanted to be seen, and then afterwards it was, like, just, like, the canon of emotions had completely opened, and I was no longer able to just, like, pretend things didn't bother me. Instead, I like really would always share when things bothered me and I always like wanted more and more. So that is really like, I guess the best description of me from those time periods. And then, yeah, I'm trying wow. to think of like anything else, but that's that's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, so a couple of things I want to unpack. First of all, I'm so glad you brought up Katrina because we talked about this in Gabby's episode and she really had a similar kind of feeling that you did and anyone who's listening who has not listened to Gabby's episode, definitely go back. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. It's one of the earlier episodes, but she talked a lot in her um, interview and episode about how everything happens for a reason. And Katrina was horrible and she lost a lot of um, physical things, um, you know, stuff, possessions, things like that, but that it really shaped her into the person she is now and that she is so much Now she's just a person who does not, I mean, she has things and she likes things, but she views them in such a different way. And so she had the same statement. And Katrina was one of those things that, I mean, it happened to New Orleans, but I remember when it happened, it was kind of like September 11th, like that happened to New York, but like the whole country felt it and felt the heaviness of it. Totally. And I remember Katrina, too. It's like it really happened to New Orleans, but it was such a heavy feeling on the entire country because there was just so much devastation and loss. And it was it was just such a overwhelming thing that happened. So I love that you touched on that. And then you said and Gabby actually mentioned this, too, that she went to a whole nother school. I think she went to New Jersey for a year or something. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So because, you know, after Katrina, there was like, I think it was like two whole months where you couldn't even get back in the city. So it got to a point, we were in eighth grade at the time. So it got to a point where you basically had to enroll in school somewhere else. And then by the time that schools reopened, if you had, like, at all settled where you were, it was kind of like – I mean, I f- I can only imagine how parents felt at that time because it's like, do I pick up my kid and try to go back and start settling or do I let my kid finish this year? Like, at w- at what point do you know, like, when to uproot again just to go resettle in the city that was just, like, totally lifted up? So – that Why way, did
0: you guys pick Dustin? Can I ask? Yeah,
1: totally. We actually had a condo there at the time. So okay, cool. When it was funny because we're like driving down the highway and like everyone is driving the other way and we're like <laughs> driving <laughs> towards Florida, and we actually went to the airport like the day of the storm. Like we were in Dustin, totally settled, and went to the airport, packed up because the storm was so intense that we thought we would have to evacuate Florida. Yeah. But eventually it, I mean, it was like very, very intense. You couldn't leave your apartment once we like settled in, but we just let it go and stayed there. So, wow.
0: Yeah, oh, it's so crazy. I just I just remember when it happened. So it's, it's so interesting to hear both of you guys talk about it. And it I just I can't fathom it. I just really can't. But yeah, I wanted to unpack a little bit is some of the things you said about wanting to feel loved and wanting to be seen. And we've talked about human design when we chatted before. But um, are you a Leo by chance? I'm a Libra. A Libra. Okay, because I'm a Leo. And one of the things that a lot of Leos have is they like attention. or um, And that comes in different forms. But um, for me and my human design, and me and my authentic code, if you're not familiar, anyone who's listening, who's not familiar with authentic code, that's one of Lacey Phillips's terms. But Being seen is one of my authentic code things where I just want to be. And that's not in like a big flamboyant way. It's just more in like a way I want to be seen and appreciated for my gifts. So it sounds like you have some of that as well in your authentic code.
1: Yeah, I actually have not done the authentic code. I've heard it referenced so many times I need to go and do that because I'm sure that would be incredible to see. Um, but my, I, I have recently learned that all the emotions and all of that for me has to do with my completely undefined solar plexus. So human design. Um, so for me that was, so I'm a generator, but I actually have like, I have seven white undefined centers and one completely open. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm confused. I feel like I'm a projector. I don't understand. Yeah. There's like so much openness. So, um, when I learned about the solar plexus and all that is there, it was like a my mind was just like totally like, holy cow, there's so much to dig into here. And that's actually like kind of a piece of one of the next thing I want to work on really has to do with emotions and processing. And it's I'm like so interested in the solar plexus in general and like diving into that. But when you have a completely undefined solar plexus, you undefined in general, you take in and amplify emotions, but Mm -hmm. completely undefined, it's like to a whole nother level. So it makes complete sense that as a child, I would judge myself or feel judgment from others for having these intense emotions. And now as an adult, like I will have a day where I'm feeling intense emotions and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to take the day. Like I'm just going to let myself like sit in this because it's so much easier for me to feel all of that and to let it, let myself like sit in it and experience it. And then it actually goes away. But if I try to force myself to get rid of it or like make myself wrong for it, I can get stuck in it for like a week or months. So it's, it's like a crazy insight to have. And human design like totally gave me that, but yeah, I would credit my like, my emotional awareness in general, like for myself and emotional awareness for others and like just any sort of emotional wisdom that I have, it all fully comes from my solar plexus.
0: Wow, that is crazy. I, are, you an, are you an empath by chance too? Like, do you take on other people's energy uh, or is it more just your own? Totally take
1: on other people's energy. Like I, so again, with my chart, I'm like, I'm completely open until my sacral. So then I'm, it's like my sacral, my spleen and my root are defined. So for me, I can take on, like, if I don't do any sort of like emptying out practice or like get like releasing energy throughout the day, I'm like a bundle of of everybody's energy that I've been around. So like one of my favorite things um, would be like when I lived in Brooklyn, the first two years that I lived there, I would walk to and from work over the bridge almost every single day. And like, that was a game changer for me, like starting to see just how, just how different my experience would be if I checked in with myself in the morning. And then I checked in with myself again at night, but it was like a chunk of time where I'm moving and letting energy flow through me. So I was like, I would come home as myself. So I wasn't carrying what I had at work. And of course, like I couldn't actually walk every single day. And at that time, I didn't really have the insight of what I was doing. I just knew it felt good. So but now what I'll do, like if I love swinging, like if I can feel myself like bundled up with a lot of energy, I go swing because for me, that's literally like sending air through every part of my body that is an open center. So I try to like have different tactics now to release energy, but I can find myself like I have to be really intentional when I'm doing client calls and like making sure that I'm like building my container before I get on a call with someone so that their energy doesn't fully like intercept, but I can hold it, you know, like there's it's kind of like this little a balancing act that you have to find because you do want to take other people's energy on to be able to like empathize with them and help them see what's going on and have another perspective but then you really need to be able to let it go and know the difference between what's yours and what isn't yours and I think the best way that I practice that is I'm just like constantly asking myself like if I feel really anxious I'm like okay well what do I feel anxious from like where is it coming from when did I start feeling this does it feel like something's from the past, like, so that I can get to, is this anxiety mine? Or did I pick this up from that person I just walked by at the grocery store? Like, cause it can actually be that, that fast. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's incredible. I love that you just gave some tactical ways that you release that energy. And I love that it's so simple. You know, a lot of people I find want this big, huge, elaborate, like, you need to meditate for two hours facing the north, you know, and the sun has oh, to be, I mean, you know what I mean? And it's like, dude, you, like you just said there, you just would walk to work and that's all you needed. Yeah. I mean, that's like, honestly, I think that's like the
1: biggest reason why I started the healing cue because at the end of the day, it was like, I was so sick of everything I would read. Every like thing I would consume was like, take on this whole new system. Do these like 20 steps every day. Like the tips and tricks of being a successful this, this and that. I'm like, yo, how about just like, what do I do when my heart feels heavy? What do I do when I'm confused someday? Like there's, you really just have to figure out what is like your thing. And I go through seasons. Like right now I'm in a season of working out whenever I'm like, of just like making that a priority and allowing it to be something that like gets me in touch with my energy in the morning. But you can bet your bottom dollar that will not last more than like three to five months. Cause I'll move on to like, okay, now I do, I go on walks or I make breakfast for myself. Like I explore with every single day. I like check in and say, what do you need today? What do you want? And some days I don't have the energy to even answer that. And I let myself just like have a day where I totally relax or whatever it is. But there's just so, so much that you like believe you're supposed to do. Like you're saying like a deep 20-minute meditation or you have to go on this like luxurious retreat in Bali or whatever <laughs> it is. It's Like, dude, you can take a five-minute bath with some Epsom salt or just straight up hot water and you will feel better. Like it's just about figuring out what is actually feasible for you and then like making it part of your day. And it doesn't have to be – Really intense. In fact, I think it's better to have like a lot of little things throughout your day instead of having one huge thing. Like if you really look at it, it would be better to have like five minutes of self care, self love three times a day than 15 minutes in the morning.
0: Incredible. Totally agree with that right there. Let's talk some about how you transitioned once you, you know, you went through this phase where you kind of got in tune with yourself and there was pre-Katrina and post-Katrina. And what did, after high school, what did things look like for you? Did you go to college or what was the next step for you? Totally. So college, funny time. I,
1: so I went to University of Kentucky go cats. <laughs> and I love UK. I actually like, oddly enough, senior year, I lived with eight girls, and I was the only one not from Kentucky. Like I, I love my Kentucky people. And still to this day, best friends with many of them. And I like the logic for going there was straight up, I wanted the most northern school in the SEC. Like I mm-hmm. wanted to like, get back to my like, somewhat northern, like, vibe but I also wanted to be able to like have an excuse to go to a Georgia game or an Alabama game and see all my friends but I wanted no one I knew there so I like I had this very strong feeling of like I want to start over and have no one be able to like say oh that's Taylor Mm -hmm. Um, and that also came from like a probably like junior year senior year of high school I started to have like tumultuous relationships and like I had my first boyfriend it was like a really hard breakup and things like that so I think when I was in college, it was just this idea of like, I'm a totally different person. I'm going to figure that out. And I experimented a lot. I had, I mean, like now that I look back, I feel like it was like these, this four years in like a little box of just like trying all these different ways to be like, do I want to be really girly? Do I want to be like this cool, cool person that like is really chill? Like it just like all these different types of ways to be I had like a bunch of different groups of friends I was in a sorority I was like super involved in the sorority and then I was super neglected to the sorority like I went (laughs) all over the place with it um but yeah after I guess now I'm like what was your original question I'm like sending myself down a No, no. So
0: college was, it sounds like, which by the way, experimenting, that's what you're supposed to do in college. So I don't think there's anything wrong with all the experimenting you did. That's perfect. That's the time to do it. Um, what did you study in college and, and where did that take you? Okay. Yeah. So I studied marketing,
1: which was full on, like my mom was a marketer. So I was just like, yeah, I'll just go to, I'll do marketing. So I just did that. And, um, after college i moved so my family moved to minnesota while i was a sophomore in college i have i at that time she was what like 6 5 years old or something i have a 10 year old sister so okay. my at that point my mom was like you know we're going to move to minnesota we were still recovering financially from katrina and there was just like a lot of logic for the family to be there so then when i graduated college I was really like my senior year, I was super depressed. And I actually like brought my pug back to school with me second semester senior year to like keep me happy. (laughs) And So my mom had discovered the landmark forum, which is basically like this, like self help kind of like one weekend, three days, really intensive kind of therapy vibe. And so she was like, insistent that I go and at that time, she was like, you know, you can even put it on your resume. Like it's really good for jobs. And I was like, okay. And I go, and of course, like the first day, I was like, what the hell is this? I will not be putting this on my resume. I hate this. So <laughs> it was like super, super deep. And that was the very that was the beginning of my like really intense self help discovery. Like really, like look, I had never, or I had been to traditional therapy, but like hardly. So this was my like first step into like total self awareness. Um and so I moved to Minnesota, did this course and lived in my mom's basement for like 4 months and I after doing the course I was like I really want to be around people that like speak a similar language because I was really inspired. I was like wow, it's really cool to be able to like see that a lot of like going back to my original things of like I knew that I had abandonment issues from my parents divorce and from my relationship with my dad And now I could actually start to see, like, where that story shows up and blocks me from connecting and having love and being able to, like, experience love. So it was just a really cool through line of, like, bringing that awareness full circle. And so I wanted to be around people that would help me further that. So I um, applied for a job at Lululemon, which was so much fun. I worked there for about, like, four months And then I randomly one day I was like looking for marketing jobs. But at the same time, like kind of I just had like this uh, like unspoken trust that it would all sort itself out. Like I would figure out where I'm supposed to go. I would know what's going to happen. Like it was just going to work. And then one day out of nowhere, I was like, I want to move to New York. It like it made no sense. It was just like this random urge that came through. And like now I call those cues, like these moments where You just feel in your body or you see something and it makes you just like be like, wait, yes, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. And so it was this intuitive knowing that I needed to move to New York. My mom kind of laughed, was like, "Okay, well, it's going to take you some time. You have to find a job. And I was like, it's not going to take me any time. And I sold my car and moved to New York in two months. And it all just like completely lined up for me. It's like, as I said, I wanted it. It was, I had texted a couple of friends being like, do you know anyone that needs a roommate in New York? And it was a friend of a friend. The first text I sent her, she was like, yes, I like, we already have a roommate, but we found a three bedroom. Would you want to be our third? And they both were great friends. One of them is like literally my best friend still today. So it all just like happened. And my aunt's best friend was starting or opening the first Kitten A store, which is founded by the same founders of Lululemon. So it was like this perfect, seamless, like I can kind of go in and start leading the training there and helping them onboard people and things like that. So New York was like calling me and I just came. And that was, I worked in a retail shop for about a year and a half. And then after that, I started to move into more of like a marketing strategy kind of space where I thought I wanted to go towards. So that eventually happened.
0: Wow. So I love that you talked about the cues and just knowing kind of that that's what you needed to do. And you said something in, in that, what you were just saying then that really like stuck out to me and you just had this knowing and you just, your mom was kind of cautioning you like, like good parents do. I mean, let's be honest, right? you know, they, they caution you and and whatnot. But you were just like, no, like, this is going to take me no time at all. And you just kind of did it. Are you, you know, I, the more, the older I get, the more I expand on my personal development journey. I just think that when you have that gut feeling or that gut knowing, um, even if it doesn't make sense, you have to take that first step and then the rest of the path will be illuminated. But if you sit around being like, oh, the path isn't there, it's like, well, the universe needs to know that you're serious and it needs to see you take that first step. Is that something that you believe in as well? Oh my gosh, yes.
1: I think like honestly, I started like one of the reasons why I absolutely love Lacey Phillips' work, as you mentioned her, is like, she taught me that I see energetics. Like I did not know that was a thing that everybody didn't see. And as I started to like hear her mention it all the time, I was, I would be like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like it was just this (laughs) obvious thing to me. And this is honestly in my last job, the, the biggest, like, takeaway that I got from my last job is that I used to always think that everyone in the room knew what I knew. Like we were all Mm -hmm. always on the same page. And I really, really got that that is simply not the way it is. And I was my last job, I was a brand strategist. So I would very much like always see things in a way that no one else in the room would see. And it would blow my mind every time I would be like, Oh, you guys haven't thought of it this way. (laughs) <laughs> and so when I found Lacey Phillips work and heard her talk about energetics, I was like, it just opened up this whole new world for me of like, Oh my God, I understand the energetics of your soul and your universe and the universe. Like people don't know that. And yeah. so that's what kind of like, led me into starting to see it. And yes, 100%. I believe that like, our, our soul is connected to the universe. So we're in direct communication at all times with the energy of the universe. And it's up to us whether or not we're actually harnessing that ability. So if you are completely disconnected from your soul, you're disconnected from the energy of the universe, there's going to be like, moments and bits of experiences where you feel that connection, like there may be, you know, if you think of, an area of your life where you may have been like kind of in a hard spot, like let's say you were depressed or like really anxious or whatever you were going through, there was likely one sort of activity or one friend or one thing that you would do where you would really feel like, okay, and connected and more grounded. Those are the moments where you're naturally channeling your soul and you're connected to the universe. Like for me, that would be like if I went on a long hike or something of the sort, you know, where you're naturally connecting and so when you learn how to just like on a regular basis connect with your soul and make sure that your soul's taking up as much space as it possibly can in your body, that's when you're like actively working with the universe, whether or not you're aware of it. Because if you're honoring yourself and you're honoring your soul, then you're doing what the universe wants you to do. Because you're here, like I believe that we're all souls inside of bodies, so we are here for a reason and we're here to live that soul experience. And so when we're not, the universe is going to do what it can to try to knock you, to try to get you to wake up and realize what's happening and like check in with your body and see these things. So whatever need, whatever needs to happen to get you to wake up to that and to get you to start engaging and working with the universe, the universe will do to force it to happen.
0: So beautiful. Oh, my gosh. So someone out there that is like, Oh, this is great, Taylor, I totally hear what you're saying. But they're like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my soul wants. And they're just so confused. And maybe they've had a lot of, um, you know, conditioning from society and from going to school and getting a degree and doing this or whatever. And they're so they're understanding what you're saying. But they're just like, where do I even start? What do you what do you say to them? Totally. Um, Okay.
1: So, I mean, the first, obviously the first thing I'm going to think of is my workshop that I'm about to release. Cause that's like, for me, it's like such a good jumping off point. Um, But the biggest thing, like the the best tip or trick I can possibly give you to start right now is think of something that you're already doing every single day, whether that's like making your coffee or taking a shower or making your bed, whatever it is, and add like slightly add the intention of love to it. So for example, if it's making coffee, then instead of just like grabbing the coffee and doing the steps, think to yourself like, I'm about to make myself coffee. I am doing this for me. And then like, as you pour the milk, it's like, Oh my gosh, I love this milk. That's why I bought it. It's like bringing to mind these very intentional, like loving thoughts, because our soul communicates in love. So the, like the best way to start is just adding more love into your day to day. And if you can start to let love in, it's almost like, it's like if you imagine that like through society, through like growing up, we start to like build this wall and close ourselves off. That's what I believe conditioning kind of looks like. When you start to let love in, it's like you're putting little tiny cracks in the wall. So your soul light can't not shine through. Like it automatically just starts shining through the moment it feels love. And that's why like when we fall in love, it's this fairy tale like, oh, my God, I've never felt this way before. And it's like all of these like exciting things because it's our soul like stretching and coming out and being like, oh, my God, look at me like this exciting experience. So you just want to find access to that every single day and start there and That's like so that's like the very first thing that I would say, because everybody can do that right now. Like even if you just start like when you're drinking water, like instead of just thinking like, oh, I'm thirsty, I'm going to drink water. But thinking to yourself, like, I'm going to hydrate my body because my body deserves to be hydrated, like very subtle shifts like that. Um, And then the next thing would be starting to really identify when like, just becoming aware of your mind, like starting to really see like, what is the internal dialogue that's happening? Like, when I get to when I'm like sitting at my desk at work, what is the conversation that's happening in my head while I'm doing work, like, that's going to give you so much insight into how you as a human being, like take things in and all the stories that you have and the conditioning that you have. So With in my workshop, what I really try to do is help you start to have that awareness of your mind and then start to have the awareness of your soul and then start to figure out ways to let love in so that your soul becomes more and more empowered. And I break down for you the difference between what I believe is your mind's voice and your soul's voice. But before you can even get there, you just want to start looking at like what does your experience with your mind look like? Because if you have not even begun any level of self-awareness, that's the perfect place to start because you're just starting with yourself and just starting by looking at like, okay, I am not my thoughts. However, what are my thoughts and how can they give me insight into my experience in my day-to-day life?
0: Wow, so incredible. Oh, gosh, there's so many good things that you just mentioned in there. I just love it. It makes me just light up. And I think the you know how you're talking about just bringing more love into you, your life. It's and that's another thing you talk about energy, like, it's more and I'm such a novice. So I'm just speaking out of what I know and what I've learned. But what you what you do isn't as important as the energy that you put out while you're doing it so you could go to a um you know an old person home and sing music and talk to them but if you're doing it with like the energetics of like oh my god i have to do this for this and this and this like the energetics are just like you're not getting any of the goodness from that but if you go do that same thing and the energetics that you bring are love and caring and service and you know just being there for other people it's totally different the you know the vibration that you're putting out to the universe into the world is totally different
1: exactly I mean this is like this is so my grandma used to always say this like when and this is like kind of related, but not, but like whenever you're on your period, take a bath and don't talk to anyone. Like that's what she she used to tell me. And I like, I would love it because it was like this, this like total permission slip for like, when I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to take a bath and I'm going to close the door and that's it. And like, that's just how it's going to be. And I would love it because now to this day, I still use that logic because exactly what you're saying. It's like, If I were like tying this back to being an entrepreneur, it's like if I were to follow what is said to be done of like on Instagram, you have to be really consistent. That's the number one thing. Be consistent. I'm like, well, let me tell you something. If I wake up on Monday morning in a really bad mood and I post all about how like you can let love in and yada yada, do you think that's going to land for anyone? (laughs) No, like it's not going to work at all. So if I wake up that way, I either share like I'm having a slow day, I'm going to take the day off or I just say to myself like, okay, cool, what do you need? And I do that. And so it's so important to like actually check in with where your energy is before you do anything. I mean, even like Same thing for like a work presentation, like before you walk in and present, if you if all you're thinking about is how everybody is going to receive you, then you're going to show up as like somebody who's just trying to be received rather than showing up with I have this presentation I don't care how anybody takes it because this is what I have. This is who I am, and I'm so excited to show up as this person. And then you walk in, and whether or not you nail it, you showed up as yourself. So to the universe and to you, that should be a success. And so there's these like moments where you're just oh, you're always given an opportunity to check in and ask like, what is my energy behind what I'm about to do? Where is my intention? And I think that. So much of our lives, we're not intentional because we simply like just don't know the importance of it. And we don't even know that we're not intentional. Like the awareness just isn't there. And the moment that it is, like the moment you start to see, oh, I can be intentional about this. I can add love here or I can like be kind here or give myself a break here. Whatever you're starting to see, you cannot unsee it. And so you may have times where you like choose to avoid your awareness, but it's from that point on, it's a choice because you're now aware and you cannot become unaware.
0: Gosh, it's just, there's so much good stuff in this episode. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're so right. And I, you know, if you, if you've ever met um, anyone who just has like this aura to them almost, and they walk into the room and they're just like sunshine or they're, yeah, uh, you know, they're so magnetic in a way you can't help but be drawn to them. You know, the people who are listening to this and are like, "Oh, energy, like whatever." Like those people that you've experienced, like it's their energy. There's nothing different about them than the next person, but they just bring so much so much of a different energy to it that you can't help but be drawn in and attracted to that, whether it's just by their kindness or their smile or whatever it is, but energy is so it's such a big thing, but it's, it's not something you can hold in your hand. So people are so kind of resistant to it. I've found, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. I think that like
1: me figuring out how to be okay with myself and how to love myself through everything was so important because I am an extremely energetic being. And like, I mean, going like I'm a generator. So it's like, I, I have so much to bring into a room And it would be like if I felt like someone was judging me or felt like I was too much, I would completely like shut myself down and just like hide who I was and be so much smaller because I was afraid of their judgment. And once I started to learn that like it literally didn't matter – there were less people in the room that judged me. It's like there was all of a sudden, there was just like this huge shift because if I don't give you power to take away my energy, like if I don't allow that to be an experience where somebody watches me and judges me and I let my energy go away, then no longer is there like this negotiation with the universe of who I am? Like now there's this clarity of like, okay, she's going to own her energy every time she walks into a room and that's going to throw some people off and it's going to like excite others. And I started to just focus on like, I would rather excite some people and throw others off. I mean, I remember like when I quit my job (laughs) straight up one, so many people were like, good for you. This is exactly what you're meant to do. Like, I can't wait for it. Like, So amazing. And straight up, one of my coworkers looked me in the eyes and was like, good luck, but I would never hire you. And I was like... What? Like, I was just like, thank you so much for sharing. I really did not need that, but I appreciate your honesty. And what it came down to was like, he simply could not understand my energy. He was like, why does she think she can do this? Like, I could see all of his stories and all of his internal dialogue of like why it was so outrageous that I would trust myself and follow this path because he could so not see it as possible for himself. And to me, that's just like a way to summarize what happens when people get thrown off by energy. Because if you see that somebody's like this super bubbly, excited person, your mind has to come up with a story as to like why that's possible. Like they must just have the perfect home life or they're, they're just really pretty or they're really skinny or whatever it is that your mind tells you is why they have what they have. And so you have a reason now to resist it. But the reality is, if you just like give yourself a second to look at it and be like, hey, what is it about this person that's bothering me? It's likely going to give you an insight that you're insecure about something that they have.
0: Yeah, it's like a mirror right back at you. They're projecting onto you. I love that you were able to take what that guy said, your coworker and just be like, Oh, that was really hurtful. But like, that's the story you're telling is that someone, you know, he obviously has a story that, you know, he, you can't be paid to do something, you know, work with people about their energy, you know, like he obviously has a story about that. And you were able to look at that and be like, well, that's his story. That's not the story that I'm telling. And the story that I'm telling and the story I'm creating is that people need this service and they will pay me and they'll pay me well. Exactly. And I think like, that was
1: honestly one of the things that like, I had to figure that out pre entrepreneurship, like, I really had to learn that what people tell me is and is not possible is not my truth. Like, I I mean, and it comes back to like, even my mom saying like, okay, good luck with moving to New York, but that's going to take you some time. And like, when I quit my retail job and went into my next job, I had I quit my job, I quit retail before I knew what would come next and that was like everybody told me i was crazy and part of me knew okay yeah this is a little crazy but it always had to come back to me trusting myself more than anybody else because and honestly that's soul work like if you if you gave up your own self trust like if you growing up had A lot of experiences where you would say something like, I'm feeling this or I'm scared of that. And people would tell you, oh, it's not a big deal or you're being dramatic or let that go or whatever, like minimizing it to any degree. Then you basically learned how to not trust yourself because you started to believe these other people more than you'd believe yourself. And so like the root of the work for me, and this is like same when it comes to therapy, it's like the root of it is really starting to get back to your own self-trust. And believing that if you have a feeling, it's there for a reason. If you have an instinct, it's there for a reason. And you know only what is right for you. So you have to get past like the people, other people's comments, regardless of what, if you have access to seeing what their story is, you still want to get past it because it's constantly looking for you of like, where can I trust myself more? Where am I letting other people's opinion impact me? And of course, I'm human. Like that's still happens all the time. I mean, I've been doing this business now for six months and I'm just now releasing this workshop that I've had the idea for, for six months, but I believed that I couldn't do it. I couldn't release it right away. Cause that's what people had told me. So it's very easy to still like hear, hear things and be like, okay, yeah, that must be true. And silence my intuition because I'm still a human being. And I think that everybody is going to go through that. But if majority of the day you're listening to your intuition, you're checking in with yourself and you're figuring out, like, where is my mind directing me versus where is my soul directing me? That's where you're that's how you strengthen that muscle and get to a point where the times that you listen to your mind and the stories that other people tell you get less and less in comparison to the times that you listen to your soul.
0: And it's so hard now, I mean, especially because we're so inundated with, I mean, anyone who has a Twitter account can put their opinion out there for the world. And we see, we've seen this whole new wave of like cyberbullying and we see these people who uh, bully celebrities even, you know, I get I see some of these Instagram accounts and the things that people write on like celebrities Instagram, like the things they comment on celebrities Instagram pages are horrible. And it's like, why are you like, I know you can say this, but that just because you can say this doesn't mean you should. And so it's so hard now more than ever to drown out or to just wave goodbye to those opinions that everyone seems entitled to sharing. Totally, totally. I think honestly, one of my favorite people
1: to follow is Shut the Kill Up. Jeanette Ogden. I love her so much. I like I don't like following influencers, but she is just like on another level. She has two young boys. She's so amazing. And I think like my favorite reason to follow her is because she's like always out there for just like reminding people that it really doesn't matter. Like what these people's opinions are. And like, it's totally okay that it's going to hurt your feelings when people share these opinions, because that is is you're human and that, that has to happen, but it's then not allowing it to mean anything. That's like, that's the biggest distinction right there. It's like somebody can make a comment to me and tell me like, hey, what you said was confusing, or I really don't like it, or it doesn't work for me, or like, this is stupid, whatever those things are. And I can hear it feel like shit about it, let that sink in and be like, okay, I didn't really love that. But not let it mean that I'm not worthy of this work, or that I don't deserve to do what I'm doing, or that I'm actually not good enough to do this. Like, that's where you want to catch yourself and have the awareness because having like, we grow up in a society where we feel, we're taught to believe that having the feeling is what's wrong, but it's actually the story that comes after that feeling. And you have to give yourself space to feel whatever comes up when people make these comments or when you like experience these things, but then have a moment where you're saying like, okay, where is my mind filing that? Like, is that going under more proof for why I can't run my own business or more proof for why I don't deserve to be loved? Like, where did I just file that comment that this random person made to me versus letting myself feel it and say, okay, cool. Now, like moving on.
0: Oh gosh. So true. And it takes conscious awareness to do things like that. And it's always something that is an ongoing thing. And it's, it's not easy to do, but it's so valid and worth it. And just something that's so necessary. And wow, I just love that. So let's, let's move on to talking about the healing cue and how you, you know, got this idea and decided to take this out and do your own thing. I mean, how long did you think about it before you were just like, no, I have to do this?
1: Oh man, I think like, so I, I, it's funny because last March I had a panic attack at work, which I have never had a panic attack before. I definitely like dealt with anxiety, but not no, no level of this. And so, um, and I took a week off of work after I had that panic attack and just gave myself like abundant space to figure out what do I want to do? What do I need to do? what's next. And I came back to work and I told a bunch of people, I was like, I'm going to quit my job and like become a healer. Like I'm going to do that full time. And almost every single person was like, yeah, I know. Like, (laughs) yeah, duh. Like just like, and I was like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) did I mention this before? And so, and then I go back and start reading old journals and I'm like, okay, yeah. So I guess in 2014, like literally when I moved to New York, I was already talking about like how I believe I've been called here for a really big reason. There's something like I don't know what's happening, but there's something happening. And I've had this like incredible journey of meeting like just the right people everywhere I go. I mean, like my first job in retail, I am still like very good friends with almost every single one of those people. And they all contribute to my business today, like with different, different like expertise and just advice and like One of them is doing my workshop right now and giving me feedback and like different things like that, where it's just this incredible like I can so see that I was meant to be in New York to pull this along. And it does feel like I've always had this dream, but it really didn't start to crystallize until I started my the last job, my most recent job. So um, I was doing brand strategy and I worked on a really small team. There were like four of us women. It kind of fluctuated throughout the year and a half that I was there. Um, but, and there was a lot of like, when I first started, I was super clear on boundaries. Like I leave when I'm ready to leave, like obviously at a decent time, like after six usually, but I was not like people in advertising love to like. I'm going to stay till 9 PM and I'm going to work really hard. And like, if everybody stays late, then like we all stay late and we order food and then we go out to the bar and like all, it's just like constantly this Mm -hmm. like team camaraderie of like, just push, 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 push. Like that's what is believed to be the best way to be. And being on this small team of all women, I'm like, I can't be the girl who leaves at 6 PM when you all stay until nine or 10. Like I feel like this selfish person. And I had incredible bosses. They were all so supportive. And like one of them is I babysit for her daughter. I love her so much. And she was, would always remind me like, okay, but you have to do what's best for you. So what do you need? And like kind of helping me. And it was these things that I always knew yet somehow in this environment, I was like constantly forgetting it. It was like it was as if I was given this opportunity so that I could forget to then remember how important it is to take care of yourself, yes, so i I had that experience, and i there was one moment where I said no to going out with a, a bunch of people. and one of my coworkers like got so frustrated. and I was like, what what what's going on? Like, why are you annoyed that I don't want to go? I, I don't want to go.' And she was like, I just like, I'm annoyed that you like know yourself so well. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. And that's when it started to like really, really click for me. I was like, oh my God, I do know myself really well. And I do know how to say no. And I do not fear that I'm going to miss out. And I do not like care if you're going to get mad. And I started to see like all of this stuff that I have access to. And I was like, oh my God, that is unique. And like going back to I had really realized in this job that not everyone knows the same things that you know in a room and I just started to realize like there's there's really something there so when like because of this panic attack I just knew like I need to get myself out of this environment so I had planned I'm gonna save like a chunk of money and I'm just gonna figure it out as I go and I enrolled in a health coaching program. So I've been doing that. And I, I knew I didn't really want to focus on food with people, but I felt like I needed some sort of structure to help me like really get started and get myself off the ground. And I was working on like a brand deck to just like something to just like put all my ideas together. Like what kind of colors do I want? What kind of vibe? And like, I didn't have a name at the time, but Throughout the whole deck, I kept referencing, like, your body sends you cues. The universe sends you cues. And I kept saying the word cue. And finally, my cousin was like, why don't you call it, like, the healing cue or something? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then I was in L.A. with her working on, like, actually building the brand. And that's when I really started to get super clear on this concept that I call cues and pulls. And cues, I believe, are signals coming from your soul. And pulls are signals coming from your mind. And so that became like this really clear concept that I just started working with. And that would be something that I would like immediately introduce to clients right when I started working with them, just like helping them understand how to frame these things in their mind. And then and that's why I then turned that into a workshop, because it was something that I would spend time on it, like a chunk of time in every session, like the first session with each person. And I was just like you know what, this is something that I could give. It's like a really incredible tool that helps you start to frame what's going on in, inside of you. So I can give this to people at a much larger scale. And then if they're interested in going deeper with me, then we can work together and go into this. So that it took a little while to fully create the workshop because I wanted to really like make sure it actually worked with people in sessions and what, what worked and what didn't, what prompts helped and what didn't. So that... Um, that is something that I'm like just now getting ready to share. And then I also do one-on-one sessions where I work with people for either a month-long period or a two-month period where I really help you get into what are the patterns. So if you're experiencing like majority of your day as polls where like your mind is just guiding you and telling you what you should or shouldn't do, then there's likely going to be a pattern there where you can see the same poll happening. So, I guess like a good example for that would be in business. Like, if you're noticing that every time you go to write and like you just feel this inspiration to write, that your mind is like, okay, but we can't write right now because you need to do this file thing or you need to organize this or whatever your shoulds are, then you might start to identify that there's some sort of pull around you actually being creative. So, do you have a story around what it looks like to be creative in business? Do you not believe that? business is creative or do you not believe that success can be linked to creativity? So it's really, it's basically like going back to my strategy roots and figuring out how can you analyze the polls that are happening to really start to get to what are the stories that need to be reframed so that you can be free of those polls that are taking you off of your soul's path.
0: Incredible. This is such a resource that I know is so people need this. I know that there's so much noise. And I touched on this before with Instagram, but there's so much noise in the world. And there's so many things constantly demanding our attention. And that's just the world we live in. So I love the idea of just quieting things down and just getting quiet with your mind and with your soul and with yourself and just being with it and just conversing almost back and forth with what's going on in your head and processing it all, processing it all. And I think this is such an incredible resource. It drops on Friday, you said? Yes. Yeah, it does. And thank you so much. I
1: think, like, one of the – one of like, going back to what you said a while ago, it's like it doesn't have to be, like, a – deep, deep dive, or like a two hour meditation. It like really is exactly what you just said. Like just allowing yourself to have that internal dialogue and like having a conversation with it, like asking yourself, like if you're having all these negative thoughts, it's like, okay, where are you coming from? What's going on? It's like, engaging with it rather than running from it but we have so many things in our life now that are so easy to run to like the the amount of times that we pick up our phone throughout the day the amount of times I would just open up Facebook while I was in my strategy job like I hate Facebook why am I opening this up (laughs) like it was literally just ways for me to like get out of my head but like distract me at the same time. And so you just want to constantly like give yourself, that could be like literally one second where you take a deep breath. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to always be this like deep analytical thing, but just giving yourself moments of quiet and of pause to go inward rather than to go outward. But yeah. Yeah. And
0: be with those thoughts. I I mean, you just got me too excited. I couldn't hold that one back. (laughs) Yeah. No, just be spend time in those thoughts. And you're right. There's so many things that when we have an uncomfortable feeling, um, we reach for our phone to numb it or we reach for whatever it is, some dumb app or game or, or something to numb that away. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to have to sit with that. But if you do just sit with it, like you said, and allow yourself to feel it and go a little bit further with it, it can give you so much clarity. And you're instead of numbing it, you're you're tending to it, you're caring for it.
1: Totally. And we store emotions in our body if they aren't fully processed. So a lot of times, if you're experiencing the same emotion over and over, it's because you likely experienced it as as a child, and you stored it somewhere in your body. And so it is now like constantly being reengaged every time anything similar happens. And I think that we're just in such a pattern behavior of saying like, Okay, well, I can't deal with that right now or I, I don't know, I don't have time for this or whatever it is. When mm-hmm. it's just like if you just took a second and put your hand over your heart and took a deep breath, I think you would let that pass a lot more than you would if you just like immediately run to your phone. So, it's kind of crazy how like those subtle shifts compound over time and it really like makes a drastic difference in how you feel every day and it's on- like only you can do it only you have access to creating that change. So it's totally up to
0: you to actually make it happen. So, and that's such an empowering thought right there. It truly is. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what is on the future for you? Like, what do you have planned? And I know that you've told us before that you're really into the energetics of going where your, where your soul and where your gut is kind of positioning you. So I know that it, it changes and it probably will, but what do you see for the future for yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know like literally as I was putting the finishing touches on this workshop, the idea for the next one like immediately came in. So I know that the next space I'm moving into is really all around emotions and processing and feeling and like building a safe container to feel. Um, so, you know, like diving further into that solar plexus. So there's definitely like something that's going to come with that. I don't, it may be a workshop. It may be like, I actually, I have no idea, but I just know that that's where my mind's supposed to be focusing right now. Um, so for now I, I just, I'm like, I'm basically in research and development phase as I'm like going to release this first workshop. And then, Hopefully I kind of want, I want to like base things based off of obviously how I feel, but then also like what people need next. Like if you do the workshop and it really works for you, but you're having trouble, like actually hearing your cues or you want help breaking down your polls, then maybe I create something for that. So it's really like understanding what people both need and what I'm interested in and wanting to create. So for now, I'm really in the space of I want to be able to work with as many people at once as possible. So I'm loving the idea of workshops. But if you're in the New York area, I am starting to do like meetups for meditations. And I'm considering what it would look like to host events. I literally hate like operations and logistics. So that's the (laughs) number one resistance to that. Um, But yeah, besides that, working one-on-one, that honestly is like always shifting until I find like the exact right pattern like of experience that I enjoy. But and maybe leaving New York at the end of the year, but we'll see. Or I
0: guess next summer when my lease is up, but we'll see depending on if my partner is going to let me do that. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. I can't wait to see everything that you're going to do. My last question is something that I I kind of ask everyone and um, it sounds intimidating, but I don't think it will be for you. So what is one thing, maybe it's a statement or a method or something that you wholeheartedly believe to be true? Mm. Uh,
1: like honestly, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like the whole um the idea of like having a morning routine and how much that makes a difference. I think that I believe, yes, every single person is different. And I don't, I don't think that like a strict routine is necessarily the answer for actually anyone. Like mine's not strict at all, but I will say the most profound shift I had in my healing journey was when I started to hold space for myself every single morning. And it, why I believe it's so important is because it just sets you up for the day by having already connected with yourself. And if you're already connected with yourself, then you have a leg up everywhere you go and everything that's going to like possibly try to throw you out of connection with yourself, whether that's your phone, your commute, your first meeting of the day, like anything that could happen that disconnects you, you already are, have a stronger connection because you intentionally did that in the morning. And I just think Like, for me, I usually just set a chunk of time and I'm like, some days I read intention books, some days I just sit and sip coffee, most days I meditate, some days I don't, some days I work out, like, I totally change it up. But being intentional and saying to myself, like, I'm going to wake up at the very least 10 minutes early so that I can just be alone and quiet with myself. That is a game changer.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I 100% believe in the morning routine. I love that inspiration. And I love that advice for sure. Tell us how we can find you, where we can find you, um, website, Instagram handle, all of it. Tell us where we can find you. Yes. Okay. It's literally all the healing cue. So Instagram
1: is, um, at the healing queue and then website is www.thehealingcue.com. So it's all, um, that same name, like one sentence, no breaks.
0: And yeah. Oh my gosh. Incredible. You guys, Taylor, thank you so much for sharing your light and your wisdom. I can tell, I mean, I know you've only been doing this six months, but I can tell you have so much to share and give. And I am just so grateful that you took some time out of your day to share it with my listeners. And I'm just, I'm so excited to watch and see what you do. Honestly, that's like, that's the, that's what I'm just feeling the most right now is I'm just so excited to see what you do. All right, you guys. I know you loved that as much as I did. And guess what? You can work with Taylor and get her help. You can buy her latest workshop and then maybe even do a one-on-one client calls with her. Oh my gosh, there's so many opportunities to work with this woman and the wonderful stuff that she is putting out there. So first I'm going to tell you, go check out her Instagram and go check out her new her new workshop that's launching on Friday. Oh my gosh, Mind Meets Soul. That workshop is going to be so amazing. Just hearing her talk about it was incredible. And like I said, if you get into that and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I want more of this and more of what she's teaching. Then you can work one-on-one with her as a client and I guarantee you are not going to regret it. It is, it is just great, and I love what she is putting out in the world. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in today. I know you love Taylor as much as I did. And I am so excited for next up on the podcast, what's coming and what is to be in the future. So make sure that you're following us along on Instagram and make sure you're coming here and subscribing every week, because if you are subscribed, you will know exactly when new episodes drop. And I'm just excited for you to be here. So much excitement, 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 excitement. How many times have I said that word? So many. (laughs) All right, you guys, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for being here. We will see you next time.